بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله الذي العظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين صلى الله على سيدنا محمد وآله الطيبين الطاهرين نسي ما بقية الله في الأرضين أجل الله تعالى فرجه الشريف وجعلنا من أعوانه وأنصاره Continuing our discussion about prophethood, we need to discuss few more points. One is that the prophets came with bayanat, with clear signs. People are not supposed to follow a prophet if they are not convinced. If there are no ways to establish that this person is a messenger of God, God gives the prophets enough of signs and proof so that those who are really interested in finding the truth, they will be able to establish that this person is sent by God. So here we have a term in science of Kalam or theology, and that is Mu'jiza. What is Mu'jiza? Miracle. Ah, miracle. And what is miracle? We mean by miracle here something specific. <coughs> Any extraordinary act that a person who claims to be prophet brings, which comes in compliance with his claim and with challenge, that's Mojiza. So it has to be extraordinary, not ordinary. But not every extraordinary act is Mojiza. Even according to this definition, if something extraordinary happens, through Imams or Awliyaullah, we don't call it Mu'jiza according to this terminology. We call them Karama. Karama is different from Mu'jiza. Mu'jiza, we reserve it for the Prophets. It has to be extraordinary. It has to come with the claim of being a Prophet. Because if someone claims to be prophet and he has miraculous power, then God would not let this person, if he is a liar, to misguide people. It's impossible that God gives miraculous power to a liar. But if he doesn't claim to be a prophet, he himself has no claim of being prophet, then it's not necessary for God to stop him. So it has to be extraordinary. It has to come with the claim of being prophet. This extraordinary act also should come in compliance with his will. Because there were people who claimed to be prophets and something extraordinary happened through them, but against their will. How? For example, there was a person who claimed to be prophet 
And people told him, if you are a prophet, make water inside our well more. We have shortage of water. He did something extraordinary. And that was to make the well completely dry out. <laughs> Maybe a person claims to be prophet and we say, no, we have an ill person. Could you cure him? Then he touches him and he dies. Okay, this is extraordinary. But this is not mojaza. Mojaza is extraordinary act of a person who claims to be prophet and comes in compliance with his will. And we challenge, tahaddi, challenge. What does it mean? He tells people that no one is able to do like this. So if he has learned from a good teacher, a good master to do something, you know, special, he cannot challenge people because he knows that there are also other people who can have good masters that would do the same. But... A prophet, because what he does comes from God, he is confident. And he says, if all human beings, and even if jinns also join them, they are not able to do something like this. So there are few elements in the definition of mortiza. It has to be an extraordinary act. It has to come with the claim of being prophet. It has to come in compliance with his will. And it has come to come with challenge. As a result, it's something that does not come through learning, through experience. It's of a different nature. And also, miracles normally relate to the need or culture of the people to whom this miracle is given. For example, in the time of Musa, alayhi salam, the main miracle of Musa was what? Was the stick and his hand. Why God gave him this type of mojiza? Because at that time, magic was very important. And magicians had very high position. God gave Musa salam, something which somehow matched magic, but it was not magic. And the magicians were the first to acknowledge that this is not magic. They didn't say it is a masterpiece of magic. They said, no, it's not magic. They knew better than anyone else. In the time of Isa, السلام, medicine was very advanced and very important. Okay? Miracles of Isa somehow matched medicine, giving life to dead person, giving vision to a blind person, helping the people who have disease of skin, giving life to bird, make a statue of a bird and blow into it and make a bird. But this was not an advanced form of medicine. No doctor says this is an advanced medicine that if you give me a few more years to study, I will also do the same. I will revive the dead. No. It 
is related, it matches medicine, but of very different nature. And doctors would be the first people to say that this is not medicine. When it comes to Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he had many miracles, but his main miracle was what? The Quran. Why a book? Not a stick of Musa or a revival of Jesus. Why a book? For few reasons. If you want to understand the wisdom of God, you can try here to understand a little bit of the wisdom of God. Of course, we cannot understand everything. Why a book? For two reasons, at least. First, the people of that time, they were very particular about their language. They were not literate in the sense of being able to read and write, but they were very impressed by their own language. Poets had very high position, not magicians, not doctors, poets. And as you know, before Islam, inside Kaaba, there were some items. There were some items inside Kaaba. One of those items were seven pieces of poem that were hanging on the walls of Kaaba from inside. They were called Mu'allaqat al-Sab'ah. Seven pieces of poem from the time of Jahiliyyah that for them, these were very important, like their idols. These were very important for them. They were so particular about the language that it was a common habit, especially the, you know, noble families, you know, prestigious families, to send their children in a very young age to desert and live in, you know, among Bedouins so that they would have pure Arabic, you know, because Mecca was a place that many visitors and foreigners come with different accents, okay? They didn't want to be affected by the accents of other Arabs or non-Arabs. So they used to send their children to desert and I don't think any nation does this. It shows that how much they were very proud of their language and how much they were very particular about the language. And when the Quran was revealed, these people who were very, very impressed by their language, they were faced with a new phenomenon. Something that uses the same letters, the same grammar, the same words, but it has different impact on your soul. You cannot resist the attraction of this word. 
For some people, the attraction of this world convinced them that this is the word of God. For some people, the attraction of this world convinced them this word of God, but they were not able to acknowledge because they were going to lose their position. They were going to lose their leadership or money or fame. So they had to fight this world. They tried everything possible. One way was to say to people, this is magic. And this man is Sahir. You know why Quran is so attractive? Although we are Arabs, you know, we are, you know, you know, eloquent, but why Quran is very special? We cannot resist the attraction of Quran because this man has made the magic. Sahir. Sometimes they said this man is mad, Majnoon. Why Majnoon? Why a mad person can produce something like this? In my understanding, the reason is because they had the idea that when you become mad, it means that you are influenced by jinns. So they wanted to say this is jinns dictation to him. Okay, it's not that he lost his mind. If someone loses his mind, he cannot produce something like this. They wanted to say this is jinns who are dictating to him. Sometimes they said there is a Roman teacher and he is taught by him. Mu'allamun. But the Quran says, لَسَانُ الَّذِي يُلْحَدُونَ إِلَيْهَا عَجَمِيُّ وَهَذَا عَرَبِيُّ الْمُبِينُ لَسَانُ عَرَبِيُّ الْمُبِينُ Just I doubt it. The language, the tongue of the person that they refer to is non-Arabic. This is Arabic and clear Arabic. How a person who speaks a foreign language, doesn't speak Arabic, can teach him so, such eloquent Arabic. So they said he is a magician, he is mad, he is taught by a Roman. They tried everything, but people were still attracted. So they said, okay. We tell people not to listen to him. Or they should put some cotton in their ears. So when Prophet was sitting near Kaaba and reciting Quran and people were going to Tawaf, they said you have to put cotton in your ear. Can you imagine? They were so much afraid of Quran. So a man says, I had cotton in my ear. Then I told myself, this is not rational. Let me listen to what he says, then I can choose whether I want to accept it or not. So he removed the cotton, he listened to the Prophet, then he found it convincing, he embraced Islam. There is a story that one night, some of the Quraysh leaders who had been hiding behind the house of the Prophet and listening to the Quran recitation of the Prophet, just after Fajr, when it was getting bright, they decided to go back to their home before people see them. And then they met each other. They were hiding there in the dark night, but they were not able to see each other. Then they saw each other and they felt very embarrassed because they tell people not to listen to him 
when he comes to public, and they themselves spend few hours in the night outside his wall <laughs> listening to him. So they said, if people know that this is what we do, we will have no respect anymore. So they promised each other that we are not going to do this again. So next night, everyone thought other people are welcoming. So they did the same, and then again they saw each other, and they said, you know, this is very bad. We should not do this again. Again, the third night, this happened, then they made vow. They made, you know, firm promises that we are not going to come. So, this attraction of this word for those people who were very eloquent and very particular was a very good way for prophet to prove that this is from God. Of course, the linguistic side of the Quran is only one aspect of the miraculous nature of the Quran. There are also many other aspects of the miraculous nature of the Quran, like for example, the facts about future that the Quran talks about it, some scientific facts. The Quranic worldview, the Quranic moral system, theological system, all these things are different aspects of miraculous nature of the Quran. So this is one side. The other advantage of having a miracle, which is a book, is that this miracle then can be available for all the generations to come. If there was something like miracle of Musa or Isa then only those people who witnessed that miracle could benefit from it directly. Other people can believe in it, but they have to first establish faith in that prophet then they believe in that miracle. For them, there is nothing today to witness directly. Okay? But for us, we can see, we can read, we can reflect on the miracle of our prophet. You have the same access to that miracle that the people of that time had. Yes? What did they witness? They witnessed recitation of the Quran by the Prophet or companions of the Prophet. The same words can be recited today to us. Of course, we are not fortunate to listen to the Prophet's recitation, but the words are the same, the meanings are the same. Actually, we are fortunate that we can understand many things from the Quran today that most of the people of that time were not able to understand. Because we have a scholarship of 14 centuries. We have great work of our ulama, we have great teachings of Ahlul Bayt. So not only we have access to the same book, we have many things, many tools to help us to understand the Quran better than the people of that time. Of course, I'm not talking about exceptions. I'm not talking about, for example, Ibn Abbas. But I mean, average people then, at that time, and average people today, which one has more opportunities for understanding the Quran? People today. There are so many translations of the Quran, so many commentaries of the Quran, so many teachers to teach you Quran. 
So the same miracle is available to us plus more tools. And this is actually good for the religion which wants to be the last religion. So its miracle should remain for all the generations. So this is one aspect about the prophets. The other aspect that inshallah we have to speak about in next session is about their infallibility. And then we have to talk about Islam being the last religion, the prophet being the seal of the prophethood. So these two remain inshallah for the next session. Thank <laughs> you.